Good morning, Hill City. Man, um, it's an honor to be able to stand here in front of you guys today and um, especially to be a part of this sermon series, Voices in the Dark. I figured there was no better person than to speak about Voices in the Dark than this one because I battle so much with this right here. This mind does not stop working. It, like, I'm up at four, five, six o'clock in the morning, like, looking up giraffes and stuff. Like, what? Why? Why is this life? But sometimes it's so hard to silence the voices in the dark. When nobody else is around, it's so hard to silence those voices. But then sometimes it is a blessing to hear those voices because that voice, some voice that you hear, might just be the voice of God. Right. And so today I want to talk about that. Like this sermon series has been um, amazing. The first week where Pastor Shannon was talking about take your voice back. There's so many times in our lives where we give our voice to the enemy by blaming. You know, you know what? If he wouldn't have said that, then I wouldn't have done this and she would have. It's always somebody else's fault. But when we are able to take hold of the responsibilities that that we, you know, We assist in the problems in our lives. And I had to come face to face with one of the problems that I see on a constant basis in my life after that sermon. I am really good at um, being the victim. I am really good at being the victim. And truth be told, I was victimized many, many times in my life but I have taken hold of being a victim. It's always somebody else's fault. If they wouldn't have said that to me, if I wouldn't have, the way that they made me feel. I I, I watched Yana Van Zandt and she says, how in the world can somebody else make you feel anything but what you allow? That's our responsibility. So I may not like what you say, But baby, it doesn't affect me because I know who I am. I know who I represent. I know who God is within me. So your truth, your perception does not have to be my reality. But what has happened in my life is other people's perception has become my reality. So Mikey is um, mean. She is stubborn. She's difficult. She is um, a whole lot of things. And I have become them. I have let them be my narrative for life. And then I wonder why I can't progress. I I wonder why I can't move forward in life. And it's because I have really taken hold of the things people have done to me or the way somebody has made me feel. And that has become my reality. But coming to Hill City, it is reshaping my reality. Like, God defines who you are, and you walk in it. Not what another person said, not another person walking out, not another person coming in and doing it. They do not define who you are. Only God and what you accept. Amen? So I had to face off with that, Pastor Shannon. Thanks a lot. And then Pastor Corey came back with um, the, the coach versus the critic. And... I had to realize that there's not a lot of critics in my life that'll come up to me and tell me that I'm wrong. I guess because I am so strong and I am so mean, ain't nobody gonna say nothing to me. (laughs) But I am my biggest critic. I tell myself, you know what, you're so fat, Mikey. 
you're so fat and every time you just, you, you can't progress. You can't, you hit this block every time and you can't move forward and you're a bad mom and you're a horrible wife and nobody likes to really listen to you because you're so deep in your mind and nobody really wants to understand you. Like I tell myself all of this, nobody has really said any of this to me. I say it all to myself and that becomes my reality. So then when I go to the gym at five o'clock in the morning, I leave and at two o'clock in the evening, I'm eating McDonald's because now that thing that I'm telling myself becomes my reality. So I keep hitting this block, this wall, every time I try to progress. Those are voices in the dark. So um, I've been uh, uh, really wrestling and I've been tired physically because of the mental wars that have been going on for the past two weeks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> But today, I do want to um, hopefully encourage us as a body, us as a body, as the church, I really want to encourage us to not be scared of those voices in the dark because you have the power to overcome them or the power to succumb to them. It's your choice. It's your choice. Both of them might be hard. The power to overcome those negative voices is hard, and then succumbing to those negative voices is hard because it makes your life hard. But um, I, I really want to, uh, I really want to speak to the voices in the dark, the voice in the dark that can change your life. Not the negative voices, not the chitter chatter, but that one voice in the dark that can change the trajectory of your life. All right, can we do that? I don't want to pray. Oh, God, thank you for the ability to hear your voice. Thank you for being in a place that recognizes who you are and teaches us who you are and who we are through you. God, I pray that this word, it, it falls on ears that are ready to hear and falls on lives that are ready to change. God, I am praising you already for the generations to come that know who they are in you because of the work that we put in today. God, I pray right now that you do whatever you want to do in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so if we can go to John 11 and 32. <clears throat> and this is the story of Lazarus. Has anybody heard the story of Lazarus? Hopefully today I will um, bring a little, uh, I want to put a spin on it, just a little Spin. We'll squish it up a little bit. So um, it says, when Mary finally found Jesus outside the village, she fell at his feet in tears and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus looked at Mary and saw her weeping at his feet and all her friends who were there with her grieving, he shuddered with emotion and was deeply moved with tenderness and compassion. He said to them, where did you bury him? Lord, come with us and we'll show you, they replied. Then tears streamed down Jesus' face. Seeing Jesus weep caused many of the mourners to say, look how much he loved Lazarus. Yet others said, isn't this the one who opens the blind's eyes? Why didn't he do something to keep Lazarus from dying? Voices in the dark. Voices in the dark. Then Jesus, with intense emotion, came to the tomb, a cave with a stone placed over its entrance. 
Jesus told them, roll away the stone. Then Martha said, but Lord, it's been four days since he died. By now, his body is already decomposing. By now, his body already stinks. He stinks. Jesus looked at her and said, didn't I tell you that if you believe in me, you will see God unveil his power? So they rolled away the heavy stone. Jesus gazed into heaven and said, Father, thank you that you have heard my prayer. For you listen to every word I speak. Now, so that these who stand here with me believe that you have sent me to the earth as your messenger, I will use the power you have given me. Then with a loud voice, Jesus shouted with authority, Lazarus, come out of the tomb. Then in front of everyone, Lazarus, who had died four days earlier, slowly hobbled out. So I want to stop right there. You can leave it on the screen. I want to stop right there because I know everybody who teaches about this story, they teach about how everybody marveled because Lazarus came out. I've never heard anybody explain the process of Laz what Lazarus went through as he came out. Okay? So Lazarus has been dead for four days. When you die, all of your organs shut down. Nothing works. None of your limbs, nothing works. So can you imagine in the moment when Jesus called out to Lazarus and said, come forth, what happened in Lazarus' body? Like I have asthma and if I run too hard like that, <gasps> that hurts, it hurts my lungs. And so I imagine uh, Lazarus laying on the stone or wherever he was laying and that, that, that first breath that came back to him, it was not a glorious moment, right? This hurts. Then his heart has to start pumping again. And then all of the functions, you know, I never studied anatomy. I just watched um, The Resident and all of those. So I think, you know, sometimes I think I'm a doctor, but you know, when they get shocked in that moment, I don't think that feels good to the body. Even though it's a blessing because it's reviving them, it's bringing them back to life, but that doesn't feel good to the body. Four days, Lazarus has been dead. And then his body is already decomposing and he stinks and he's wrapped in grave clothes. You can't think that him coming out of the tomb was an easy feat for him. It wasn't easy. We can keep going. <clears throat> he still had grave clothes tightly wrapped around his hands and feet and covering his face. Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him loose. kept picturing Lazarus and the struggle that he had to put up to come out of the grave. And then I liken it to every single one of us who struggle to come out of the grave. Yes, understanding who we are in God is glorious. It's wonderful, but it hurts because it goes against everything that we've ever believed about ourselves. So now our lungs have to fill with air again after they haven't worked for four days or 40 years or 25 years. It, they have to reinflate and that hurts. And then your heart beating again. It and then he had to stand up in grave clothes. 
it says that he was tightly wrapped in grave clothes. Every time I hear the story of Lazarus, especially growing up as a kid, um, I just pictured him as a mummy. Like, you know, like the ones that come trick-or-treating. And do you have the picture? Okay, so could you put the picture? Like, this is what I always saw in Bible stories of Lazarus coming out of the grave. He's like, hey guys, I'm here, I'm, I'm awake now. He never had anything covering his face. You know, he's got his hand up, praise God, glory to Jesus. And that's wonderful. Like, that's a beautiful picture of what happened, but it doesn't depict the realness of what coming back to life feels like. It says that he had grave clothes on and he was bound by his hands and feet. His hands and feet were tightly bound. So that means he was like this. And his face was covered. His face was covered. So that means that everything that happened was in the dark. Hearing his name, Lazarus come forth, that was in the dark. Getting up, the, 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 the life going back into his body was in the dark. Getting up was in the dark. Hobbling out was in the dark. Coming out into the light was in the dark because his face was covered. And then it says, unwrap him and let him go. Because when people don't understand their, their identity, whatever they do in their life is in the darkness. Whatever, they can be the most successful person in the world. If they don't know who they are, they are in the dark. And guess what? It's our responsibility as believers to unwrap them and let them go. We like to bypass that as that's just some passing words. But understand, Lazarus means, the very name Lazarus means, God has helped. So when Jesus said to him, unwrap him and let him go, what he did was prophetic. He had them unwrap God's help and let him go. They had him to unwrap God's help. Do you know what that means? That God's help within the world is, is, is bound up in our action or inaction. What we choose to do or not to do, it, it de the world depends on us. It depends on us. And then I don't want to take away the, the whole scene. The whole scene was a dark scene. Their brother, their friend, their, their, the person that they did life with died. That's a dark time. And then as I was reading this scripture, I just could not get this image out of my head. Okay? So Jesus said, I'm not exactly sure where, R6C6, your kid needs you. <laughs> um, go back to um, roll the stone, please. I don't know where it's at, I'm sorry. I couldn't get this picture out of my head. It says, Jesus told them, Roll away the stone. And when I read that, I see Corey's face. When I read that, I see Brittany's face. When I read that, I see Derek's face. I see Pastor Shannon's face because it says, roll away the stone. And we like to take that as something easy, but that stone is heavy. When, when, when Jesus called out to them and says, roll away the stone, that joint was heavy. 
It's not a light task. And I think about the stones that have personally been rolled away in my life. I think about how heavy that must be to push and to continue to push these stones out of people's, away from people's graves so that they can come forth. And then the question that, Mar- that Martha asked was like, yo, God, are you sure, Jesus, are you sure? Because he died four days ago. And so they're rolling away the stone before he even called them back to life. It's like, what are we doing here? What am I doing? What do you have me doing, Jesus? He's dead, dead, dead. Dead, 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 dead. Four days. He's dead. What am I doing? But yet I'll trust you. I'll roll the stone. I don't care how heavy it is. I'll roll it for nine years. I'll roll it for 12 years. I'll roll it for 14 years because Lazarus, God's help, was worthy of it. He was worthy enough for them to put in the work to roll away the stones. So don't take it for granted. Please don't take it for granted the leadership that is willing to stand in front of your grave and roll those stones. Don't take it for granted the ones who stand and are ready to roll those stones because they're working. They're working. When you're able to say, you know what, I'm not going to accept this job because it doesn't feed who I am. Or I'm not going to be in this relationship because it doesn't align with who I am. Or I'm not going to say that or I'm not going to do that because it doesn't align. Understand that's because you know who you are. And I, I would like to like, I know me knowing who I am has a whole lot to do with the location that I'm in right now. This, what we have here is not um, easy to come by. People that really believe in you, the person, it's not easy to come by. So please don't take it for granted, the stones that are being rolled, okay? That was just a little tidbit, just a little tidbit. Um, So it says, unwrap him and let him loose. And that's our responsibility. I go back to the picture of Lazarus coming forth. And I heard this over and over while I was studying. Charla, come forth. Come forth. You can stay in your seat, but come forth. There's some things that you feel that God hasn't helped. But in this moment, he's telling you to come forth because some things are about to come back to you. He's reviving you. He's reviving us. He's reviving the church. And we have to know that that comes with responsibility. Our responsibility is great because God is great. Amen. The voice in the dark that's calling you forth, that's saying, I have given you everything that you need, that you have all the help that you need if you would just loose it and let it go. Loose it and let it go. You have everything that you need if you just loose it and let it go. And then I think about them actually doing what he said do, right? And then you think about the attitude that they do it with. Mom was telling me a story on the way here and she was talking about my granny. And it was crazy because I was thinking about my granny. And um, when my granny passed away from cancer in 2009 and um, me and my sister had to go and do her makeup. Hardest thing in the world was to do my dead granny's makeup. It's very hard. And I thought about, she, had, she loved to keep her nails done. And she had like six nails, fake nails, like little, the ones that you glue on at home. She had like six nails glued on top of each other. 
And I got mad at her, like, Granny, why would you do this? Why would you make me getting you ready for your last presentation? Why would you make this so challenging? And I didn't really get mad at her, but it was just like a slight inconvenience because I had to paint her nails. How the heck you gonna paint over six fake nails? It's gonna take forever to dry, but she got forever. So, so, you know, I don't know, I'm sorry. Sorry, bad joke, bad joke. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. But I think about, I think about the attitude that they had unwrapping Lazarus and letting him go. Like they were able, (laughs) they were able to see a miracle. They were able to experience the goodness of God, just like Jesus had said. But not just that, this was their friend. This was their brother. So could you imagine them like, uh, stay still Lazarus, dang. Oh God, you stink. You, could you imagine them like dealing with Lazarus like that? Like that? I'm pretty sure they did not care what he smelled like. It's the fact that my brother is back to life. I'm going to do whatever. So we're unwrapping him gently and we're crying and we're thanking God that he is back in a place with us. And so they're unwrapping him and they're singing praises and they're, they're excited. And then when they get him fully unwrapped, they throw his arm over him and carry him and walk with him out and they lay him down. And if he tries to do anything too fast, hold up, wait, don't do that because you need to rest like like you're just now coming back to life and all of this. But then when, when we see people getting their life back, we want to judge them and we want to hurry up and get up. What, why are you still walking like you did? This is a miracle. When anybody walks out of darkness and into the marvelous light, we should be willing to do the work that it takes to unwrap them and let them go no matter how long it takes. No matter how long it takes, like this is my brother and I'm so glad that he's back with me. So I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to strive with him. I'm going to wash him off so he doesn't stink. I'm not just going to tell him that he stinks. I'm going to wash him off so he doesn't stink. I'm going to help him walk. I'm going to get what he needs. Nobody else is going to have to worry about him because that is my brother and I'm excited that he's back. I just, I feel like there's like a new wave of church where it's not about um, coming and sitting and thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. This is amazing. And then going home and doing nothing, but there's work. We're about to unwrap and let go. They're going to be unwrapped and let go. And then there's going to be a revolution of people that look like God and smell like God and walk like God and talk like God, all because of the work that we, Hill City, put in. I thank God for where we are. I thank God for what we're about to do and understand that we have been brought back into the life. And if you feel like you're still dead, hey, yo, come and get somebody. Tell them, I need you to walk with me. I need you to unwrap me. I stink a little bit. Can you help me? Because we've got so much work to do. I just hear, I hear God saying, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. The dead is rising. Amen? That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. Thank you, guys. That's all I got. I mean, that was more than enough. I'm thinking, oh my gosh. That was, that was amazing. 
Thank you so much, man, girl, that was fire. I loved it. Love your perspective. I actually never thought about that perspective from Lazarus, but it did kind of open and unlock even as she's preaching some things. It is exactly the culture of what we want here at Hill City to help other people get set free, right? Jesus steps on the scene. He says, I've came to proclaim good news to the poor and to set the captives free. And then I thought about Paul where he says, do not use your freedom to indulge the the flesh, rather serve and build up and love on one another. Because here's the thing, and and man, as she was preaching, I was thinking, man, Jesus says, roll the stone away. And I couldn't help but think, man, the stone is this representation of the law and living by rules, regulations, the commandments where Jesus came to set us free of that to bring us into a new covenant with him. And he says, let him loose. But I'm telling you, freedom sometimes is scary. Freedom, some people misunderstand when someone gets set free. Like, oh my gosh, what do you, why are they doing that? Well, guess what? They're free. They're free. And I'm thinking in this moment, man, if Hill City could be a place that sets people free without judgment... My gosh, what could we do in this city to turn it upside down with the good news? I think, I know for me, just coming in and hearing a message like that and and realizing that this is a special place. It always has been. And I think sometimes even I might take it for granted. Maybe you've taken it for granted, like she said. But I think it's time to really understand and recognize the impact. Not only that we can make, but that we are making right now in our lives and in this community. And I think if we can grab hold of the message The message that was just shared that, man, we can come alongside of people and instead of shaming them, condemning them, judging them, but to say, hey, I'm going to get underneath and I'm just going to continue to help walk alongside you, to push you, to build you up. That was the responsibility piece I even mentioned before she even got up here to preach. As sons and daughters, we're responsible for advancing the kingdom. We're co-laborers with Christ. We come alongside and work with him. And I think that As we do that, man, we're going to see people truly come to life and be set free. Amen? Amen. Well, I hope you were encouraged today. I know that I was. Can we just give it up for our sister, my cow, one more time? And as you leave this place, I do want you to know that there are people here that care for you, that love you right where you're at, in your season, in your mess. And if you want to get, a, to get with someone, if you want someone to pray for you, I know we, we as a team will be here to pray for you. But also I want you to just look around, as she was saying, look around and say, hey, I need you to help take some of these grave clothes off. Hey, I need you to help me walk a little bit. Man, look around and do that. Because there's people here I know, not just myself and Brittany and Pastor Cora, there, there, are, there are people all around this place that would love to begin to do life and walk with you, but here's the thing. Some of y'all just need to ask for it. Use your voice and ask for it. Well, we will see you back next week. 
as Pastor Corey continues our series, Voices in the Dark. It's going to be such a beautiful time next week. But until then, just know one thing, you're loved, and there's nothing you can do about it. See you next Sunday. <laughs>